Welcome back to another episode of my Life in a Poem podcast. Today I'll be sharing with you a poem called A Woman That Would. Here we go. My condolences for anyone who purchased a bought lesson rather than a taught lesson from me. I become the teacher of many things, so I become desensitized to the learner's needs. You see, this is a job I did not find. It was me it chose to bestow its evil eye on. I did not want the burden of being the bestower of knowledge. Was not fond of building people with patience I couldn't build the insurance for. People came to me with liability and they were banking on my full coverage. The coverage that comes with bodily injury coverage that they can only foresee. Because when I indulge in unforeseen moments of this knowledge tree, I am never planning on teaching anything. But it is the circumstances that bear fruit and show a person's true garden. These bitter plants poison my image of people because their fields always show up empty. And I seem to be the one who has to cover the cost. Suffer the loss of funds I had not planned on spending. Yes, if you sleep with me, I expect you to lay in silence and breathe deeply. Yes, if you engage in close affairs with me, I expect you to draw arms in the face of the enemy when they're attacking me. And the fact that I even have to explain these things makes me feel like I'm signing up to be a professor with no profit. Who will protect me? Who will mold me? Who will teach me? Can we trade places and I become the fledgling? Can we ice skate on different sides of the skating rink and you pave a way to me? Can you melt the ice along with the heavy shackles of having to always be the teacher and offer me the solitude of not knowing? Can you penetrate my mind with sticks of knowledge that build me into a woman of wood? A woman that would have to teach. A woman that would have to mold. A woman that would have to grow men and women and create them into better beings than they were before they engaged with her. Can you change me into the woman that would have to do these things, but no longer has to because she's embarked on you? A person who can allow her to take a seat and feel the comfort of not knowing the right answer. Can you change me into a woman that would? So, A Woman That Would is a poem that I wrote about seven months ago. So, that means it's summertime, pandemic, um, a year after the pandemic, still in the pandemic. And I was in a relationship with a partner. It was my first time ever being in an serious relationship with a woman and this woman was about a year and a half younger than me but she was very mature 
And I'd like to say I'm very mature for my age um, because I've just had to grow up pretty fast, just being through the things that I've been through as a kid and um, feeling like I've had to take on a lot of responsibilities, like getting a job and buying school clothes for myself in high school, paying a car note in high school, getting my own place at 20 been living by myself for almost four years. So I just have made a lot of strides in adulthood as a young adult. And I look for other young adults who have made similar strides because we often have similar struggles and similar priorities. And so this woman uh, was somebody that I grew interest in and I decided, you know, hmm. Maybe I should give this a try. Like, I'm really feeling her. I should give it a try. Well, I wrote that poem in the middle of our relationship because I was just feeling like, man, why is it that every time I get in a relationship, I feel like I have to teach my partner so many things? Like, me and her, we were going through things where it felt like I was teaching her how to respect our relationship like I was having to tell her you know you shouldn't talk to people you've had sex with recently like right before we got in a relationship you shouldn't continue those communications with those people because nine times out of ten people are just sitting on the sidelines waiting for your relationship to end waiting for your partner to mess up So they can then slide on in there. Like if you and that person didn't work out and they were pursuing you intimately, why continue to communicate with that person once you're in a relationship? Like what purpose does that serve? She would tell me, oh, they're just my friends and they really need me. But honestly, that was just a boundary and a value that I had within my relationship that we shouldn't be talking to people that were pursuing us intimately before we got in a relationship while we're in a relationship. Like, I don't know about y'all, but that just, (laughs) that sounds like a recipe for some drama. That's extra, you know, stress on the relationship. It's like, why do we even have to have these conversations? Like, why is that not something you just do? And you know, when I wrote that poem, I think that was our that was our fight at the time because we were going back and forth and arguing about that. But now that it's like, you know, months later, it's the end of the year now. That was the middle of the year. Um, me and that person are no longer together. We broke up that summer. We weren't together very long. I have you know, done some soul searching and some self-reflection and just realized that that relationship in itself was very codependent. If you hear in the poem, you know, I'm talking about being the person that has to teach people, that has to grow people, that has to mold people. Why am I taking on these responsibilities? Like, nobody asked me to take on these responsibilities. She didn't say, come in my life and fix my life, Angelina. Like, that was not that, you know? But I took that upon myself to do so because 
I was codependent. Did not realize it until recently that that was actually a codependent relationship. See, I was under the impression, the wrong impression, that she was just codependent because she needed me to fix her. And I was self-sufficient and I had all my stuff together. Boy, was I wrong. And if y'all thinking that you got your stuff together because somebody else needs you and you don't need them, you're wrong. Because if you're fixing them, you need them too. Let me tell you why. So to be codependent is to get your validation outside of yourself. So if you fixing that person makes you feel like you're a good person or you know you're a good person because you stuck it out in that relationship or you're a good person because you helped him or her get her life together you are only thinking you're a good person based off of what you do for someone else and if you're like me you get in a lot of these relationships where you have to fix people you know you doing these people pleasing tendencies where you sacrifice things. Oh, I won't go out to the party because he needs help with his homework. Or, oh, he feeling really down and out today, y'all. I'm, I'm not going to go out with the girls. You know, whenever you're doing that, whenever you're sacrificing your own happiness for someone else, that's people pleasing. But not only that, but that's codependency because you're not happy unless that person's happy. In my relationship, My partner, when she didn't have her shit together, I wasn't happy. When she wasn't doing well in school, I wasn't happy. Why? Why? It shouldn't be that way. I cannot get, if if I'm constantly wanting happiness or I'm getting happiness because someone else is happy or someone else is doing that for me, that is not true happiness. And that happiness is going to continually be fleeting. It's going to always change. And it will never be consistent unless I get that happiness within myself. I have to be independent and being able to know I'm a good person regardless. I'm a good person. I'm a good girlfriend. I'm a good Whatever, regardless of if my partner is happy, if my relationship works, you know. And so I have really combated those codependency behaviors by questioning my behaviors. Whenever I decide to do something, I first ask myself, do I want to do this? Like, is this what I want to do? Like, genuinely. And if I, me personally, I normally have like a queasy feeling in my stomach or my temperature raises or my chest feels heavy. And that's when I know like, man, I don't really want to do this thing. It's like a bodily response first. And then I'll be hesitant. Nine times out of 10, I automatically say yes, because it's just behavior I practice for a long time. But... In my mind, I'll be hesitant to actually want to do it. And so I'll question myself and say, do I really want to do this? Or am I doing this because I feel obligated to? Am I doing this because I don't want this person to be mad at me? Am I doing this because I want this person to be better, even though it's taking up my time and it doesn't benefit me if that person is better or not? 
And if the answer to those questions are yes, then that's a codependent behavior and I don't do it. Like my happiness and my mental health comes first. And the quickest way to be happy is to mind your own business. So, and to let people mind their own business, like let people be who they are. If my ex wanted to be a person who continued to talk to her, you know, guys that she was still entertaining, even though they decided they didn't want to be in a relationship with her, but she still is deciding to have sex with them, you know, whatever. I should have let her do that. (laughs) But instead, I wanted to control her behaviors because I felt like things needed to go my way, which is also a symptom of codependency, you know, and I did not allow her to be herself. So we went through months of arguing and turmoil and me just resenting her. That poem you just heard, that was resentment. Like, man, why do I got to fix everybody? Why can't someone fix me? Well, then I realized I got to fix myself and then I got to find somebody that don't need me to fix them. We can't have a codependent relationship. Did you know that codependent people don't attract healthy people? They don't mix. (laughs) Y'all, I've been doing so much research on codependency and people pleasing and complex trauma because they all go hands in hand. And I definitely recommend Headspace. It's a really good app that I use uh, for meditation because honestly, just being mindful of your thoughts, like what I just described, you know, asking yourself, why am I doing this? That will take you a long way. And that comes with practice of being mindful and meditation. Like it will take you such a long way. Also started walking, you know, doing a little weightlifting, um, reading about codependency, listening to some good podcasts. I love the podcast Balanced Black Girl. Oh my goodness. That's actually like where I started learning about codependency and the different, um, and people pleasing and the different people pleasing personalities. Took the quiz that um, was posted on Balanced Black Girl. Found out that I am a perfectionist. Like, y'all, you just really got to do some research into yourself. You have to invest into yourself. And, like, now I'm currently single, you know. And it it just feels good to be invested in myself. That's why I'm doing this podcast, um, my poetry, you know. So... If you leave with anything today, I just say invest in yourself, do some research, learn about yourself, like literally your actions and your motives and your values. That's learning about yourself. It's not knowing your favorite movie or your favorite color or what you like to eat. Getting to know yourself is truly knowing what makes you tick. And once you have that down, that's when your confidence goes up. That's where nobody can take that away from you. So I'm going to leave y'all with that right there. Hope y'all enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you on another episode of My Life in a Poem podcast. Bye.